Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. And I'm Stephen Dubner. So this was a big week in continental competition. We're How gonna, big a week was it in continental competition? It was very big. We're going to round up the Champions League and the Europa League. We're going to round up Champions League and Europa League. And I should say that this week on Wednesday, which was a big Barcelona-Arsenal, Barcelona match in the Champions League, you and I spent the day where? Smithfield Hall. Which is the home of the... Peña FC Barcelona, New York City. Which is the New York the City... supporters club for Barca fans right? in New York. Of which we are, I would say, very proud members. Yes, definitely. And uh, it was a fun day, yeah. as you will hear, and it sounded a little bit like this. Barca! 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 So Wednesday in the Champions League wasn't that exciting. We had Man City draw... Tuesday, you mean. I mean Tuesday. Can't yeah. believe you made a mistake about a date. <laughs> so it was it was City drew nil nil at home. Man City nil nil at home to Dynamo Kiev. It didn't really matter. Dynamo City, Kiev I gather is from Kiev in Ukraine. Yeah, Man City won three one in Ukraine, so they were pretty much through, and now they are officially in their first ever Champions League quarterfinal. You're kidding. Man City's never been in a Champions League quarterfinal. No, they were only bought about eight years ago or so. And they, no, they and, existed long before. But you're yeah, saying when they, they were bought, that's when they turned into a big money. Problem. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're a Man City fan, how are you feeling? Do you feel... Avoid Barca and Bayern. <laughs> and maybe Real. All right. What's next? Who was next? Um, Atletico Madrid versus PSV Eindhoven. And? It was nil-nil in Eindhoven, so me like most of the thoughts... Where is Eindhoven? That They're Dutch? Holland, yeah. Yep. We thought it was going to be a pretty easy win for Atletico, at least one or two goals. And were you kind of rooting in your heart for Atletico? Um, I was rooting for PSV. I just like Why? to... I don't really like Atletico Madrid. Because they're a rival in La Liga, where yeah. Barca plays. So let me ask you this. I don't like them, but I respect them. I don't like or respect Real Madrid, but I respect Atleti. Mm-hmm. So of the teams that have gone through to the next round of the Champions League, how many are from La Liga? Three. Barca, yep. Atletico, and Real. So what is that? Is that typical, or what does that say about the strength yeah, of La Liga? Yeah, I, I think in the last... Because we should say there's only one team left from the Premier League, which is... Man City. Yeah. So in the last, at least the last three years, including this one, all, the three big La Liga teams have made it to the quarterfinals. Last year, two were in the semis, and the year before that, they were two in the final. Okay. So that's um, Atletico Madrid uh, is in. Man City has gone through as well. And that brings us to... No, we're not done with Atleti's game yet. Oh, sorry. Tell me more. So Atleti, I thought they could go far, at least the semifinals. They, I think they're a great team, but instead they just went, got through the 120 minutes and won it in a penalty shootout. There were 16 kicks taken, only one missed. Holy cow. By, I can't think of like, the name, but it was a, obviously a PSV Eindhoven player. Mm. Then it was left to Juan Fran to score the winning penalty for And Atleti. how disappointed, um, if you're PSV, how disappointed are you with that loss? Pretty disappointing. You know, you know, you weren't going to win the Champions League. They're still they're the they're in first place in the Dutch league. Actually, that if they win, it's two years in a row. When's the last time a Dutch team won the Champions League? Uh, probably Ajax in the nineties. Mm. Okay, and that brings us to Wednesday. So it was a huge <laughs> day. Barcelona versus Arsenal, like we said. Although to be fair, we knew we were through. We knew we were through because the way this works is you've explained this to me, and I now kind of understand it. The way it works is in this kind of competition, this kind of cup competition, there's a home and away. There are two matches. Yeah. Each team plays at home once, and the first tie break. So if you win both, obviously you go through. Then, but it's whoever scores more goals over at the two legs wins, and once it, after that it goes into a weight goal. So I don't think it's a good rule. Well, 
That's but. another discussion, maybe for another day. But the fact is that Barcelona had beaten Arsenal 2-0 in at Arsenal. Yeah. So come now playing at home in Barcelona, it was almost a foregone conclusion that yeah. we were going to go through. So did, how was this match for you? So the Barca played great. We've now gone 38 unbeaten, and I think we're going to win the treble. Although I should say... Later in this episode, we're going to hear when from you interviewing some Barca fans uh, after the match, and not everybody was of the opinion that we played great, that they played we, great. We definitely played better, though, I'd say. Better than Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. sure. But there were, there were, there were yeah. flashes of, uh, of defensive yeah. laxity, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah, we, at the beginning of the first half, we didn't look great, including when Mohamed Elneny scored his first Arsenal goal. Great right foot shot from outside the box in the top corner. Just Dragon really didn't have a chance. Also, Alex Awobi, a young Nigerian striker for Arsenal, played instead of Rue or Walcott or Campbell. Mm-hmm. Played really well. Was arguably Arsenal's most threatening attacker. He really impressed me. Now, we should say Elneny's goal came after Barca had scored already. That was the yeah. equalizer, right? So Barca got off to the 1-0. Mm-hmm. Okay. Off from now on. And right. the one more thing about Arsenal before we go to Barca, of course, is I think Wenger needs to go. A club like Arsenal cannot keep a manager for 10 or 11 years without winning a league title. I think that's insane. Also, I think the best placement options are United. What if I said, I think my children, if they don't win uh, some kind of championship after 15 years, they have to go. I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) But back to the replacement, I think it should be the Unite Emery from Sevilla. Wait, say again, sorry. Unite Emery from Sevilla. Wait, what are you talking about? Who should replace Wenger? Oh, who should replace him? Sorry. Ernesto Valverde okay. from uh, Athletic Bilbao were my top choice. Uh, Joachim Love. You really need to be a football club general manager, don't I, you, I should, when you yeah. grow up? Okay. Joachim Love from Germany, I think, would be the best mm-hmm. choice. Tactically, he could continue to get the best out of Urzel, maybe get Mertesacker back to his form, sign top German players who he's very close with. I think he'd be a great signing. Okay, so that's what Arsenal needs to do. Yeah. And talk about Barcelona yeah. and this 3-1. Luis Suarez's goal, what did you think of that? What did I think of that? So his goal was so amazing, although I am getting used to him doing, you know, there's either a, a pass or a rebound or a deflection into the box, and Suarez is always there. Yeah. He works, his work rate is nuts. Do you remember his goal against Roma in the Champions League group stage, the volley? Mm, I do, actually. Well, inc- yeah, so when you see him start to wind up, and he's so strong especially lower body. Yeah. He looks like a running back. He's so strong, lower and torso. And on this on this one uh, against Arsenal, when you saw him kind of winding up and then taking the shot, it looked impossible. The angle yeah. looked crazy. And the way he just threw himself in the air is unbelievable. That's definitely one of the goals of the season. MSN just can't be stopped. 103 goals this year already. MSN meaning... Remember, not everybody knows as much Messi as you do. Messi missed like me. two months. So, and they still have 103 goals. Unbelievable. How would you describe the overall quality of this victory, and how would you describe the overall uh, prospects of Barcelona going forward in the Champions League? It was a good victory. We The defense didn't look great at times. The attack was always great as usual. Um, I think we're going to win the Champions League. I think the only team we can really stop is, is Bayern. Even though they had a great comeback against Juve, which we're about to talk about, they definitely looked fragile. Now, I should say, before we get to Bayern... Let's um, w- let's talk about a little bit of Bayern. We should say that um, Juve, Juventus was playing at Bayern, having uh, drawn, drawn two, two, two in Torino, right, home of Juve. And now, uh, would you believe? And now we were watching this match. It was on some and, of the other TVs. Yeah, that, and right across the bar, Bayern had their fan club too. I kept popping in there to see how yeah. they were feeling, and I kept laughing at them. I wanted them out. If they're <laughs> out, there's no one who can realistically You're stop us. I know. You're terrible. And then the whole Barca side was cheering. Hysterically, when, when Juve t- took lead in the fifth minute off Pop Pogba, future Barca player, hopefully. 
right? Knocking on wood. And right. then Juan Cuadrado doubled the lead later. Right. So. so it was 2-0 at halftime. With a third and, uh, goal disallowed. And, and I should say that at halftime of the Barca-Arsenal match and the Bayern-Juventus uh, match, you went outside and interviewed some people for this podcast. Yeah, You're going to hear a little bit of one interview, and then we come back into the bar, and we hear uh, what happens at the end of the uh, – uh, toward the end of regulation in the I Bayern match. I just want to say, I did call Bayern's comeback. You, you did indeed, when it was 2-0 at halftime. It, it's almost impossible. You, you were telling everybody in the bar – what were you saying? Bayern's going to come back. I wasn't the only one who said that, but... You, you mean it was, uh, you are just plagiarizing other people's ideas? Sure, if that's, if that's what you want to say, okay. Arsenal's playing without a lot of players, but they're not... Even if they had all their players, they are just not as good as Barcelona. It's, it's as simple as that. They're a good team. They play well in England. But they're but not really top it, No, no. So we're at Smithfield Hall with the Barcelona Peña, the fan club in New York. We're also, we're also here with the Bayern Munich club, and... They're down 2-0 to Juventus. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. Juve is a very professional team. They have very professional players. Uh, as every, I should, I remind everybody, I'm sorry, did we play in the finals last year against Juve? And they scared us. Juve is a very scary team. They have a lot of very good players in a lot of very good positions. Not the great teams, uh, not great players, but very, very good players who are very professional. And I'll tell you this right now, if Chiellini were playing today, right now, game over. Right now, Bayern still has a chance. Without Chiellini, they have a chance. With Chiellini, no chance. Have a nice day, Bayern. It was great to see you. You're, you're Bundel, you won your Bundesliga. You're not, you're not winning the Champions League this year. That was the sound of Bayern equalizing in the 90th minute, 91st minute. Well, Solomon, so they did come back, amazingly. Uh, uh, you're not so happy about no. it. But as a football chronicler and fan overall, you have to appreciate they were down 2-0 at home. Yeah. Now talk just a minute about so Pep Guardiola. Talk about Pep for people who don't know anything about Pep and what you... I think he's the best manager of all time. Tactically, there's no one close to his level the way he... Not just the way, what he does, he innovates the game more than anyone else has. He's in his third year at Bayern now, is that right? Yeah, and his last year on Man City this and, summer. But, but before that, he came from... Barcelona. Right, which is why you... Uh, one Absolutely of the reasons that him, you... Yeah. Right? The uh, book The book about him was called what? Pep Confidential. How was it? It was amazing, by Marty Pirano. It was basically a year in the life of his first season at Bayern, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now, how would you say Pep's um, tenure has been at Bayern in terms of accomplishment? I think tactically, like, he's done what he's wanted to do in just footballing aesthetics. He's gotten what he's done, wanted to do done, tried all his amazing tactics, but I think most people view it as a failure because he didn't win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, but it's not over yet because no. they did come back. They show. Oh, yeah, I forgot they're not out. Yeah, no. You, <laughs> Bayern showed great resilience. Like I said, it's almost possible to get a good result at the Allianz Arena where Bayern plays. If you're, right? If you're yeah. the, and, and who scored those third and fourth? Who scored the goals for uh, for Bayern? So Lewandowski pulled them back to one down about the 73rd. Then about the 90th, of course, it was the her- local hero, Thomas Muller, who mm-hmm. equalized. Then former Barca man, Tiago, won mm-hmm. it an extra time. And then this is where you guys were saying. On the... Tiago well, won he didn't win it. He, right. he scored the winner. Well, what the eventual winner, but they kept going. Yeah. They could have come back. Yeah, but then two minutes later, one time, Kingsley Coman scored. For, for, for anyone who doesn't know that, this is a young midfielder, 
on loan from Juventus. Oh boy, that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Mm, that'd be like if I loaned you to another family and then you made a good podcast with that other family. And exactly. Say, Man, that could have been our podcast. Exactly. Um, and then, did you, do you have any idea, like, what did, do you, do you know anything, did you read or hear anything about what happened in the, uh, in the Bayern dressing room at halftime? Yeah, what Thomas Muller said is, right in forward, Pep said, I'll cut your balls off if you don't win. <laughs> uh, do you think he meant it literally? Well, what language what, do you think he said it I in? think he said it in German. Uh. The thing is, it's better than what Louis van Hall did when he was managing Bayern, was showing, was to show his players he had enough balls to drop them, he actually showed them his testicles mm. during a team talk nice would surprise me for anyone besides Louis Van Hall can't see that happening in America can you can you imagine like no. Bill Belichick just whipping out his equipment <laughs> at halftime no saying go get those dolphins boys or I'm gonna wait we're imagining a scenario where the dolphins are beating the Patriots yeah <laughs> that was an imaginary scenario <laughs> where the dolphins were beating the Patriots so let me say this uh at, at the conclusion of the Barca match which was a very happy time in the bar half the bar was Barca on the other fan club half the other half was the Bayern uh, fan club. They were getting ready to watch their extra time. Uh, Barca match was over, though. So after our match, you went um, back outside uh, to do some interviews. And, and the one that I can't wait to hear was with um, Jordi Moish, who is yes. a, a member of the Barcelona board. Yeah, is that he's right? the head of the Spy Barca project, just to renovate and expand the Camp Nou and all the surrounding facilities. Now, let me ask you this. What is a member of the Barcelona board doing at a pub in New York watching the match? I'm not sure. He may live here with his family. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. They might be on vacation. But it's but not uncommon for Barca no. officials to drop in yeah, on, just, on uh, clubs w- like this, Yeah, just a few weeks correct? ago, I think it was during the Sporting Gijón match on, during the middle of the week, we had Carlos Villarubi, the vice president, stop by. I was eyes in school. It's but. pretty neat. It's like if you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and one of the Roonies, you know, yeah. was uh, coming in the pub to watch with you. Someone very knowledgeable, very passionate about it. So you went out and interviewed him, which I thought was great. I'm looking forward to hearing that. You guys talked about the Barca-Arsenal match, of course. A little bit about the Bayern-Juventus match, which course, was, at that Barca. point, uh, it was, at that point, it was just it was, getting into extra time. Yes. Right? And then, yes, you talked about Espai Barca, which, as you said, is the, the renovation of the Camp Nou Stadium and facilities. So let, let's that. We're staying right outside Smithfield Hall where Bayern Munich fans are watching their game It's Juventus. What is it about Juve's second half collapse? I've been, I've been concentrating very much on Barca's match, so I haven't seen what's going on there. I just saw the goals. Uh, Juve, we had a hard time in the final in Berlin last year, so we, also an excellent team. They came back from 0-2 uh, in Torino, and now they have put a lot of difficulties to Bayern Munich, and uh, it's up in the air, and we'll see in the overtime what's happened. So, first, we just mind saying your name and what you do? I'm Jordi Moj, I'm a member of the board and commissioner in the name of the board, on behalf of the board, to impose the Spy Barca project, to, which implies the refurbishing of the whole stadium and the new arena. The game was uh, much tougher than the result uh, reflects. Um, Arsenal has an excellent squad, they have uh, attacked and pressed uh, a lot uh, to our players. We had the 0-2 from the first leg. And we had, uh, well, a difficulty at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half. So that gives a lot of credit for the victory because it has been a, a very, very tough uh, round with Arsenal. And congratulations for, for an excellent match uh, to both teams. Yeah, Arsenal, the thing about them is they play like Barca, just not as well. So it was kind of a clash. It was very similar sides. But what did you think about that Suarez goal? Uh, it has been uh, outstanding. No, you're, you're right. No, Arsenal is one of the t- Premier League teams that plays uh, touching the ball, etc. That gives a lot more credit even for our victory because they have presented the, the game in a very fashionable way. 
And Suarez, uh, well, he's a killer. And um, when he has seen that, and he was in a very, very peculiar moment because we were suffering a bit and with 1-1, one, one, so the 2-1 had given us some tranquility and uh, to get the things uh, back on stage. Before we go, if you can say anything about Spy Barca. If, uh... oh, Spy Barca, it's, uh, it's a project not from this board, it's a project for the whole club and uh, we need to put up to date our, all our venues and facilities to comp keep competing with the rest of, uh, of the clubs and at the same time also to have, as, in, as we deserve, the members of the club and all the visitors that we have in the stadium to have the best possible uh, stadium up to standards. And, and now we have not done anything in 30, 40 years. Then it's about the time to, to impose this uh, ambitious project that is uh, the illusion of all the culés and of all the Barca fans. Thank you, Jordi. Thanks to you. Hey, Salman, good job interviewing. Thank you. Do you, do you enjoy that? Are I you, do. Are you nervous when you do that? Not really. I'm, imp I'm impressed. Thank uh, you. I think you're, you, you have a good future with that. So. Um, we're going to hear a little bit more from some of your interviews um, at the end of the episode. Of this episode, we'll hear um, you talking to some Barca fans, yeah. uh, members of the Pena, about the Barca result. But before we hear those other Barca fan interviews you conducted after the Barcelona match, uh, would you give us a little Europa League roundup? And before you do, can you just ex briefly explain for people who don't know much, uh, including me, like what the Europa League is and how's it compared to the Champions League? So. Other continental competition for European clubs. Okay, it's a pretty big deal, not as big a deal. It has some, it has mostly smaller clubs, but some big ones still. And how do you qualify for it? Some leagues, it's if you finish fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. That's like England, some, right? So the yeah, top so four go to the Champions League. And top and the... six, I think, and top and four, five, six go to the Europa League. Sometimes seventh, depending on the domestic cup. Okay, the FA so it's cup basically so the the Capital One Cup and FA Cup winners both make it in. So it's basically a. Uh, a second-tier Champions League, right? Yeah. But um, what, do you know anything about why it started? I mean, is it viewed as kind of a consolation thing? In or? some ways. Also, that when a team finishes third in their Champions League group, they're demoted to the Europa mm. League. Is the Europa League older or younger than what is now called the Champions League? Okay. All right. So anyway, the Europa League is big, well, but it's not the as... The Europa League used to be the UEFA Cup. That changed in like 05. Yeah, it's been around as a UEFA Cup for a while. Okay. So it's... It's a big deal, especially yeah. if you're a smaller club and you win the Europa, League, Europa huge, Cup. Yeah. That might be uh, your crowning accomplishment, yes? Yeah. Okay, so give us a quick roundup of what happened in this week's Europa League action. Right, so the first game, the big one, was Manchester United hosting Liverpool. Liverpool won 2-0 in the first leg, but United knew they could come back, and they, it looked like they were going to, in the first half, Anthony Martial, great young signing, scored a penalty. But then in the 45th minute, Philippe Coutinho dribbled a few players, amazing trip over David De Gea. He's an amazing player, and I think this really shows Van Hall needs to leave if they're mm. to be successful. I think, as much as I hate him, and as much as it contradicts all of United's fans saying they hate him, I think the only guy they should can hire is Mourinho. They barely even try for Guardiola, it seems, and just let City get him. They Mourinho's only player manager has really proven he can consistently beat Guardiola for trophies. And okay. I think that's the only option. So Liverpool going through, and what would you say their prospects are as uh, in the rest of the Europa? I think they could win, but we're about to discuss my, the, I think the team will win in the next game, it. which is Tottenham Dortmund. Oh, I like your Dortmund prediction. Dortmund won 2-1. I like your prediction. Who am I going to say? You're going to say Dortmund, yeah. but I like it because I know you have strong feelings about them as a club that's kind of built to succeed like this. Yeah. So I think they were bad last season. They were bottom at Christmas. They somehow made it to the Europa League. You know, Klopp left at the end. Now they have Thomas Tuchel, who's restored belief in the club. And if you lived in Germany as an American, do you think Dortmund would be your team or Bayern or neither? I don't know, honestly. Okay. We should say you don't have a favorite team 
in any league other than Barcelona, correct? Like M- MLSCFC and MLS, does that really count? <laughs> well, I think so, but you disparage them, I think, unwisely. Yeah. Because it's MLS. MLS will be the predominant football league in the world in the year what? Three million years, never. Mm, you are not, <laughs> not <laughs> optimistic. Okay, give us some more Europa action, please. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored a brace for... Bless you. Thank you. For Dortmund against Tottenham. Hongman Sun scored a late go- consolation goal. Not really a consolation. Aubameyang now has 36 goals in 30 matches this season. Mm. He's been unbelievable. Top, top player. So yeah, and then we're gonna just going to discuss two more matches, but three of the four teams were Spanish, which shows how dominant Spain is in Europe. Valencia beat Atletico about 2-1 in Valencia, but they still went out on away goals. Arit Adoriz, like he's like 36 now. Athletic wow. striker destroyed Barcelona. He's ready Super for the MLS. Season. Too old for the MLS at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we do have Andoni Raiola, former Athletic player. He scored a late goal to send them through on away goals. Gary Neville got sent off. He's just losing it. He's not doing well at Valencia. He's probably going to be gone by the end of the season. Mm. And then the last Europa League game we're going to discuss, there were a few more, was Sevilla beat Basel 3-0. Mm. And they could. Sevilla's, Sevilla's tough this year, yes. They, it could be their third straight Europa League victory. They've won the last two. Mm. And Spain, I think, will have. I think Spain could have five teams in the Champions League again. Obviously, have four qualified to the league. I think it's going to be Barca, Atleti, Real, and then either Villarreal or Sevilla. Oh, yeah, Villarreal's through, too. They drew 0 0 against Leverkusen after the first like, 2 0 win. What does it feel like to have a head so full of football knowledge? Is it like wearing pants that are really tight? Oh, no, I love it. It's really all I think about in a mm. good way. <laughs> mm. You don't care about your family? No. Your dog? No. School? No. Footy? Yes. I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. Okay, so listen, uh, I think this has been a really nice uh, uh, episode. I've enjoyed it with you, um, but let's hear a little bit more of you out on the sidewalk. I loved it. Outside of Smithfield Hall, where everybody goes outside after the match, mostly to smoke, and you're standing there. The youngest guy by a long yeah, shot in a, a looks on the street. in a gigantic cloud of smoke with your microphone talking, in this case, mostly to Barcelona fans about their assessment of the performance of Barcelona earlier beating uh, Arsenal 3-1 to go through in the Champions League. Here's that. I think we definitely deserve this game. We played a better game. We played a better offense. And in the first, I would say, three-quarter of the game, we had a um, the possession. Yeah. We had our usual 65 to 75 percent possession. Which is especially good against a team like Arsenal who can, is very good at keeping the ball. Exactly, but against a team like Arsenal which could have fast breaks, it is better to hold on to the ball the whole time. I expected a little bit better attacking and uh, midfield, but you know, we allowed the goal and Ter Stegen usually is much better. Yeah. But Whatever, it's a great result, yeah. They pressed well, and for some reason our passing wasn't on point. You know, our, our midfield play and, and interplay with the forwards wasn't on point. Uh, even Messi's final touch wasn't even that well. So, for some reason our passing was a little off, and, and they, they played with a little, as most teams do against us, they played with a lot of energy for the first, you know, 60, 70 minutes or so. Overall, um, Neymar did a great job. Suarez is right now a perfect match for the team. They got him to behave better, and they got him to play better. The trouble's coming, right? It's, it's, it's going to be a double trouble. It's something that can always happen. I would love an El Clasico final. I like Rakitic. Uh, I would sell him for a lot of money. So everything was basically worked its way out. Suarez got in a team. It took him a little while. He got to the mind of Messi and Neymar, and look at him, the leader of uh, goals uh, in, uh, in Spain. If we could sign one player this summer, who would it be? It's got to be Laporta. 
right? It's gotta be great that, that long-term young center back that, that, will, that will learn from Mascherano for a year or two, be next to PK, and then we'll have a center back for the future. Simon, great job with those interviews. Thank you. Uh, what will we be talking about in our next episode of Footy for Two? Well, this is sad. We might not be able to record it this weekend, right? Uh, we're we going might to volleyball. Not. We're going to Philadelphia for my sister's volleyball tournament. So That's true. If not, we'll, we could still probably get one out this weekend. If not, though, do you want to tell them what we're doing next weekend? What we're doing next Two weekends weekend. from this one. Two weekends from this one is El Clasico. And we will be at Smithfield Hall once again. We will. And if and anybody here lives in New York or is going to be in New York, uh, Smithfield Hall is a great place to watch Barca matches. But for the Clasico, I will give. You, I will actually tell you now when you need to become a member of the Peña. Oh, yeah. You have to or join you, the Peña for this match because it's I'm about to too check, full otherwise. Check my emails if... It wants to load. Okay. You want me to just vamp a little bit? You want me to sing yeah, you, a song? You can sing. I've never oh. been in love before. That's about all I got. Okay, so you got to become a member by Monday, March 28th. Uh, we're falling apart here. I'm singing. The dog is barking. <laughs> okay, wait. This is if you want to attend the Classico, which is on the 2nd of April. Become a member by March. If you want to watch at Smithfield Hall. Become a member by March 28th, Monday, or you won't be allowed in. Fifi, be quiet. How do, how do you get online to... Uh, go, go to um, fcbarcelonanyc.com. 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 And then you'll and be join able to see. and yeah. come hang and it's a bunch of great people. We'll probably have five or six hundred people there. I'm guessing. Probably will have five or six hundred people there. Um, Salman, great job today. Thank I look you. forward to the next one. Good job. Okay, bye.